0: After the last two listed the seven types of liquids that are both able to become tomei and cause hersher. if a item of food comes into contact with one of those seven liquids, or the subcategories of those seven liquids, then it becomes fit to become tomei, this mishnah says, The following are examples of liquids that are both able to cause tumor, they are sources of impurity, and they cause hersher. So it must be that all of these come under the category of one of the seven liquids, dew, water, wine, oil, blood, milk, or honey. Just that in this case, the actual liquid is already tome. And we learned right at the beginning of the Maserta that although in general for a liquid to cause Herrscher, The owner of it needs to be pleased, he needs to be happy about the fact that the food item is getting wet, or at least happy about the liquid being in its current state when it's separated from its source. If the liquid itself is tome, then that is not, that condition is not required. And even if the owner is not pleased about it, it would both make the food item fit to become Tomei and indeed make it Tomei at the same time. So the mission says, (laughs) the following liquids make the food item which it comes into contact with Tomei and of course fit to become Tomei at the same time. (laughs) The liquid substance that comes out of a zov's male organ and this is a substance that causes him to be Tomei as a zov and it's considered to be a similar to water, and that's why it has the ability to become tome, to be a source of impurity, and to cause her. The Rukoi, the saliva, the spit of a Zov the Shikhva Zaroi. The Zera, the other type of substance that can come out of a Zov's male organ. Umini Raglov and his urine. These are essentially the four water-like substances that can come out of a Zov's body. And those themselves are a source of impurity. Revius and a quarter of a league of blood of a dead human body. Even a tiny amount of the blood is actually enough to cause hersher. However, in order for it to actually be a source of impurity, there needs to be at least a quarter of a league of the blood. The blood of a nidor, a woman who is tome and blood exits her womb. These are all liquids that come from a Chomei body, and these liquids are also a source of impurity. Rabbi Rebeleza says, The substance of Zera that exits a person's male organ, or even a Zov's male organ, although that is a source of impurity, it is not considered to be, like, regular water, and therefore it does not have the ability to cause hersher. It's not one of the seven liquids. Rebeleza says, The blood of a nidr, a woman who is tommy as a nidr, does not have the ability to cause hersher either. And Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, says, The blood of a dead body also does not have the ability to cause hersher, although it's a source of impurity. And these arguments are based on how to understand the psukim, that teach, the status of these various liquids. The had the laas. If the blood of a dead body falls onto a gourd, an example of a vegetable that has not yet become mokshar, it hasn't yet gained the ability to become tamay, gurdavihitahoyrah, you'd be able to just drag and scrape off the blood from the gourd and the gourd would remain pure, even though the blood itself is a source of impurity. But since it has not got the ability to cause hersher, so it's like whenever a source of impurity touches a food item that hasn't got the ability to become tamay. It remains pure. The following liquids, even when they come out of a Tommy body, they do not have the ability to cause tumor or to cause hersher. As they are, the sweat of a person, even if it's a Tommy person's sweat, the the that comes out of a wound, the excrement, the hadam mohem, and the blood that sometimes come, comes out together with the pus or the excrement, it's considered to be secondary to the pus or the excrement, and therefore it also does not have the ability to cause tumor or to cause hechsher. Umash the liquid. Any liquid that comes out of the body of a newly born baby who was born after eight months of pregnancy. At least in the times of the Mishnah, a baby born after eight months was would not survive. If the baby was born after seven months or nine months, then it would. But if the baby was born after eight months, then he would not survive. And in fact, even before the baby dies, he's considered not to have life. It's as if the person is already dead. And as such, we don't view the blood or the urine or any liquids that come out of this baby in the same way as we view liquids that come out of a regular person's body. um, Rebiosi says, Except for the baby's blood. And many understand the reason for Rebiosi is because actually we view this baby as a regular dead body. Even before the baby has died, it's as if the baby is already dead, and therefore the blood of such a baby is a source of impurity, just like the blood that comes out of a dead body. The other liquids that comes out of a dead body are not sources of impurity. Specifically, the blood. Continues the mission of our sheesumet taveria, one who drinks the water that comes from the taveria springs. This had certain properties that would sort of clean through the body. I've obligated to even if that water exits his body when he excuses himself, totally clean in the same way as they came into his body. The liquid, the water looks the same. Nevertheless, it does not have the status of water, it has the status of regular excrement, and therefore it would not be a source of impurity. It would also not have the ability to cause Herrscher. Now, it is learned from Psukim that the blood that comes out of a kosher animal whilst it is slaughtered, it's compared in the Psukim to water, and it's learned from there that just like water has the ability to cause hechshar, so too this blood. However, the blood that comes out of an animal that is slaughtered, if it's a domesticated animal or a wild animal or birds that are not kosher, with regards to that, the possek was never talking, and therefore it does not have the ability to cause Herrscher. Blood that is taken out of a person's body for bloodletting purposes in order f- to heal himself. He's not doing it, and he, hasn't, he doesn't plan on using the blood to give it to a non jew or an animal to drink. He plans on getting rid of the blood, so he has no use of that blood, and therefore it lacks any significance, so it would not have the ability to cause elo Rabbi Lozar, however, understands that in the last two cases, the blood of a non-kosher animal when it is slaughtered, as well as the blood that comes from a human body, these are considered to be significant enough that they would cause Herrscher, and also would have the ability to cause tumor. Ends of the Mishnah Rabbi al Lazar says, Hazohar, milk that comes out of a male's nipples. Tahar is pure, it does not have the ability to cause hersher or to cause tumma. It's not considered to be one of the seven liquids. Even though one of the seven liquids is milk, this is not considered to be like regular milk, and as such, it would not have the ability to cause hersher or impurity. Mishnah, the milk that comes out of a woman's body. Unlike the milk that was mentioned in the end of the previous Mishnah, this does have the ability to cause hersher. Over here, the word metame means it has the ability to cause hersher, to give the food item that it touches the ability to become tome. And even though in general, in order for a liquid to cause hersher, the owner needs to be pleased about either it coming into contact with the food item or they need to be pleased about when the liquid exits its original source... With regards to the milk that comes out of a woman's body, it has the ability to cause Herrscher whether or not it exited her body with her being pleased about it, or even if it came out by itself, which means that she's not necessarily got any satisfaction, she's not interested in it leaving her body at that time, Nevertheless, unlike the vast majority of liquids, it would still have the ability to cause Herrscher. On the other hand, the milk that comes out of an animal's body is like a regular liquid that would only have the ability to cause Herrscher if the owner was pleased about it exiting the animal's udder, or at least pleased about it touching the food item. And the reason for the exception that exists with regards to the milk of a woman will be explained later on in this Mishnah. But whatever the reason is, Om Rabbi Akiva said that the matter is all the more so, meaning if the milk that comes out of a woman's body, this milk is only really used and consumed by babies. So it's considered to be less significant and less usable, and yet, it still has the ability to cause whether or not the woman is satisfied about it, about the milk leaving her. So The milk that comes out of an animal's body, and this milk is used both by babies, young children, and adults, its use is much wider, and therefore it has much more significance. And as we have seen countless examples, the more significance a uh, liquid has, the more reason it is, the more reason it has to cause herchsher. So in a is it not all the more so that it should have the ability to cause herchsher, whether or not the owner is pleased about it? Omuloi, the Chacham replied to Rabbi Akiva, loy. This is not the case because there is a very specific reason why a woman's milk has the ability to cause hersher even without her being pleased about its existence. And this reason specifically does not exist with regards to the milk of an animal. If the Torah considers the milk of a woman to have the ability to cause heksha even without her being pleased with it, that's because Shadamagi foso tomei the blood of her wound, if she has a wound and she bleeds, that blood has the ability to cause hersha. and this law is learnt from psukim. and of course, she's never really pleased about the blood exiting her wound. She's not pleased about the entire existence of the wound. And yet is le- and yet it is learnt from psukim that that blood does have the ability to cause hersha, and the milk that a woman produces comes originates from her blood. And therefore, it makes sense that we should equate the blood that comes out of her body and the milk. So even though she's not pleased about it, it would have the ability to cause hersher. But is that a reason that... Should you therefore consider the milk that comes out of the animal's body to have the ability to cause hersher, even without the owner being pleased with it? <laughs> We find that the blood that comes out of the wound of an animal is pure. It does not have the ability to cause heresher. So the entire reason that exists with a woman's milk totally is not relevant with regards to a animal's milk. lohem, Rabbi Akiva replied to the Chachomin, badom. The reason you just told me that the milk of an animal does not have the ability to cause heresher without satisfaction of the owner, because its blood doesn't have the ability to do so, this is not a reason that the animal's milk should not have the ability. Because I am more stringent, I consider the milk that comes out of an animal to have more of a reason than the blood that comes out of it to cause hersher. Because if somebody milks an animal for the sake of healing the animal, even though he has no interest in that milk, he's only doing it to get rid of some of the milk from the animal's body. So he's not actually interested in the milk. And yet the law is that tome, the that milk, has the ability to cause hersher. And on the other hand, Vahamak is the one who takes blood, he bloodlets from the animal for the sake of healing the animal. The law in that case is that Tohar, the blood, does not have the ability to cause heresher. And therefore, so too, the milk that comes out of the animal's body, in general, should have the ability to cause heresher, even if the owner is not pleased about it. Now, the simple reading of the Mishnah implies that Rabbi Akiva really argues against The most basic rule that we've learned throughout the Maserta that in order for a liquid to cause Herrscher, the owner needs to be pleased about it. It appears that Rabbi Akiva understands that it's not really dependent on that, it's more dependent upon the significance and usage of the liquid, even if the owner is not pleased about it. A classic case of baskets of olives or grapes will prove that you are wrong. The law in that case is that the liquid, the oil or the juice that comes from the grapes that comes out of them and the owner is pleased about it, that liquid does have the ability to cause hersher to mayim, whereas if it exits the olives or the grapes without giving any satisfaction to the owner, to that is pure, it does not have the ability to cause hersher. This is just a classic example of this very basic rule that we've learned throughout the Mesechda. Omar Lohenri Akiva said back to them, Loy, this is not a good proof. If you say this is the law in the case of the baskets filled with olives or grapes, I agree that that's the law, but the reason is not because of this rule that you're telling me that Heksha can only be caused if the owner is pleased about the liquid. Rather, it's a specific rule over there in that particular example that you just brought, because originally, before the oil or the juice exits the grapes or the olives... Whilst well, it's inside the olive, for example, it has the same status as the olive. It's considered to be a food. So in order for that to halachically gain the status of a liquid, the Seifon Mashkeh, it ends up being a liquid. For its halachic status to gain all of the laws that apply to a liquid, the owner needs to have a certain level of satisfaction and desire for it to, tur- for it to turn into a liquid. And if that's the case, so then can you apply that to the case of milk that both originally and at the end, it's a liquid. So the reason for the law over there does not apply to milk. Until this point was the answer that Rabbi Akiva gave. And the argument to Rabbi Akiva and the Chachomim ended over there. Now Omar Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Shimon said he added that from here onwards we would answer in front of Rabbi Akiva that Mega Shomri Rainwater should prove the case. Shethilosan Vsoifon Mashke. This is originally a liquid and at the end of the liquid it's not as if it's turning from a solid into a liquid. And yet the rule is that the the rain water only causes her if the person is pleased about it raining. So surely over here you're going to have to agree with us that the reason is because of the rule that a liquid can only cause share if the person is pleased about the liquid. And you can't tell us no over here, it's for a different reason, that originally it was a solid over here, it was originally a liquid. Oh my Rabbi to us, Loi! You have not got a proof from rainwater. Imam Martem a if you say this is the rule with rainwater, that's because she <inaudible> Most rainwater is not used by a person directly. Rather, it's absorbed by the ground and it feeds the trees. And in order for a liquid to have the ability to cause hersher, it has to be a liquid that serves a person. And that's why only when a person is pleased about it, so he's showing that it's now designated for a person's usage, and then it gains the ability to cause hersher. On the other hand, the majority of milk is designated and it's used by human beings. And therefore, even without having satisfaction or pleasure from the milk, it's already considered to be a liquid that serves people. And according to Rabbi Akiva, to the extent that its status is a liquid that serves a person, it's considered to be one of the seven liquids that can cause hersher. There is no additional condition, according to Rubiak Kiva, unlike what we have learned pretty much throughout the rest of the Masechta. According to Rubiak Akiva, there is no need for an additional condition that the owner is pleased about that liquid. Solik Masechz and Mazel Tov! Zovim. In Masechah's Nidah, we learned about a zova, who is a woman from whose womb blood exits at a time that it's not considered to be regular and normal for blood to exit her womb. And the details of her impurity and under which circumstances she becomes a zova and impure are discussed over there in Masechah's Nida. This mesech discusses a zov, who is a male who becomes tome when a particular substance called zoiv exits his male organ. Sometimes zera can come out of a man's male organ. That's what occurs when one has marital relations. And zoiv is pretty similar. Its features are slightly different, it has a different consistency, it appears slightly different. And in terms of the impurity that is caused by it, there are different laws. A man from whose male organ Zera comes out is considered to be a Balkeri. His tumor is much more limited, it lasts just for that day, and he can go to the mikveh on that day, and at nightfall he'll be pure. Now, a big difference between Zera, which is also known as Keri, coming out of a man's body, and zoyv coming out of his body is that the Zera or the Keri comes out when his organ is erect, whereas the Zoiv comes out of his male organ by itself, and really it's considered to be a type of illness to a certain extent. Now, if Zoyev exits a person's body just once, he does not become a Zov. However, if it comes out of his body twice within two days, as long as a complete day from the beginning of the day until the end of the day hasn't passed in between the two occurrences, then he would become a Zov. Now, in order to become pure after becoming a Zov, seven days must pass without any Zov exiting his body, in a similar way to a zovo's purification process, requiring seven days to pass without any blood exiting her womb. Now, if Zov exited the person's body a third time within a complete day of the previous occurrence, then, as well as needing to wait seven days without this occurring and at the end of the seven days going to the mikvah in order to purify himself, he is also obligated to bring certain karboni, certain sacrifices, in the hamikdash. That's the only difference, however, between a Zov who experiences this twice or three or more times. But in terms of the impurity, the, every Zov is identical. Now, though we mentioned earlier on that a Zov is different to somebody from whom Zerau, Kerry, exited his male organ, the truth is a person from whose male organ, Zoiv, came out just once, so that does not make him into a Zov, it would, however, make him Tome, just like somebody from whom the Zerau, keri substance comes out. So he would be Tome like a Baal keri but he would not have the status of a Zov, and the impurity of a Zov is more severe than a Balkari. The meseta begins by talking about a person who became a Zov. That means that Zov came out of his body at least twice. And the question is whether we consider him to be a Zov retroactively from the first time that it occurred, because now we can see clearly that the first time was indeed the first of this series of him being a Zov. Or do we consider him only to be a Zov from the second occurrence and onwards? Now, according to the Torah, everybody agrees that he is only a Zov from the second occurrence and onwards. Until seven days pass without this happening again. The question is on a midrash bonon rabbinic level. One who literally sees one sighting of Zov, this means that he experiences it once. He's like a woman who experiences ziva blood once. The law with regards to such a woman is also that she needs to wait the next day and see if blood exits her womb again the next day, then she would not be pure. And ultimately, if it happens for three days running, then she's considered to be a Zov retroactively. Excuse me, a zova. And according to Bisham, I mean, Bonon, the same applies to a Zov. However, they still, and they still say he keri that But no, the first occurrence of zov exiting his body only makes him into a balkeri. Even if he ends up becoming a Zov, because this occurs a second time, nevertheless, he does not become Tommy as a Zov retroactively. So the only impurity that he has from the first occurrence is the level of a balkeri. And like we mentioned, a balkeri's impurity is on a lower level than a Zov's impurity. Continues the Mishnah Ra'achas if he saw Zoiv coming out of his body once, again when the Mishnah uses the term seeing, it means that it it occurred. It occurred once, Uvashini and on the next day Hivsik. He had a break, meaning no Zoiv exited his body on the second day. And on the third day, he experienced Zoiv exiting his body twice. Or just once, but it lasted for the same amount of time that it could have occurred twice. That's also considered to be as if it happened twice. I remember, shall I say, He is considered to be a fully-fledged Zov who would even be obligated to bring carbon ice. Sacrifices at the end of his week of not experiencing Zove again. According to Bishamai, in order to become a Zov who is obligated to bring carbon ice, he needs to experience the Zove exiting his body three times within three days. It doesn't matter if there's a day in the middle where he didn't see it, as long as it's within three days that he experienced it three times. On the other hand, Bessil and say that since there was an entire complete day in the middle where he did not experience this... So that cancels out the first occurrence. And we're left just with the last two occurrences, and therefore, the Zov does transfer his impurity via anything that he lies down on or sits on. This is a type of impurity that's unique to a Zov that we'll discuss later on in the Masechta. And in order to be purified at the end of the seven days without experiencing Zov, he needs to submerge fully in natural spring water. Even though in general, in order to be purified, one can go into a mikvah, which is not necessarily a natural spring. A zov is different in that his purification only comes about if he submerges in a natural pool of spring water. So the mission is saying he's considered to be a zov. However, Potomina he is exempt from bringing a sacrifice at the end of the week, because that only applies to a zov who experienced it three times, and over here we can only count the last two occurrences that happened. On Rabbi El-Azman Yehudah, Rabbi Yehuda said that actually made is Shammai Bezzeh be- 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 in a Zov-Gomor. Be Shammai agree that in this case, he was not considered to be a fully-fledged Zov. Even Bishamai agreed that the first occurrence is cancelled out by the complete day that he did not experience Zuv in the middle. In which case, do Bishamai argue, in a case where he already saw, he already experienced it twice, or once for a long time, enough that he could have happened twice, so that's also considered to be like it occurred twice. So then he already became a Zuv. Since he's already a Zov, so then, Uvasheni Hivsik, if on the second day he didn't experience it, Uvashelishi Aras, and on the third day he experienced zov exiting his body another time, a third time, in this case the Shammai Imam Zov Gomorp, it's say that he would be considered a fully-fledged Zov who would be obligated to bring a Karban. Because nothing's cancelled out since he's already a Zov case, Although he does transfer his impurity via that which he lies down on, or sits on, and he needs to be purified in a natural pool of spring water, but carbon, uh, he's exempt from bringing the sacrifice because he has the status of a Zov who experienced zov exiting his body twice, but not three times.